This is Wolfish on Web3. Your guide to the new world of blockchain, crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and knowing yourself as your greatest asset. Now that's Wolfish. With your hosts, Dwayne Moffat and Jake Anderson. All right, we're going to kick it off another episode here of Wolfish on Web3. Uh, this is going to be exciting because one thing I love about um, talking about anything that we see is, is to be wolfish, right? Something that is really actually bridging real world with crypto and blockchain. And the more use cases and examples that we can see of that, um, I think the better of a representation it can bring to the space overall. Like you actually see that these tools are solving problems or making things better for just the society that we live in. And for today's episode, we have Paul Sparks, who's, um, who is in real estate. He's an investor. He has um, a lot of experience in that area, but he's also doing things in the blockchain space as well to kind of bridge real estate with blockchain. So we're excited to have Paul here on the podcast and we're going to break it down. So, uh, Paul, welcome. It's good to have you. Man, Jake, Dwayne, thanks for having me, you guys. Uh, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dwayne, you want to kick it off? I know you had some questions about just some of the background, you know, I think just kind of starting in that area. But Yeah, know, like you... 100%. Paul, I've been watching you kind of do your thing with the Whale Club. And, and uh, I'm not a real estate investor. You know, I've gotten into crypto fairly new to that as well, but um, what you're doing and and I watched a video about you and Ben talk about some of the benefits and not, you know, the not locking up your money, but locking in like, uh, mm. but before we get into the dirty details, like, let's get a little background on like where you started with the idea and how it's growing. And then we'll, then let's dive into some dirty details after that. Absolutely. So let me go back a little bit so I can give you guys a little bit of background on me. Hopefully that'll add some context here. So I'm an engineer by trade. I'm a you know fairly a technical person by by trade. Um, but I got out of school and realized I'm like, I don't want to be an engineer. I didn't write, I don't I do not enjoy this. So I got into sales and I was working uh, with companies in the manufacturing space. So I got a lot of experience in automotive, medical, food and packaging, um, just all sorts of different industries. And we were selling automation equipment to these types of companies. I was on a plane every week for the first four years of my career, making good money, um, but didn't really know what to do with it. You know, I was just sort of stacking money, um, spending a lot of it in my early and mid twenties too, <laughs> blow, blowing a lot of it. Um, got, um, recruited by the competitor to essentially come and take this, this tech, this innovation that we were selling to the manufacturing world. It really wasn't innovation to them. It was just tech. Uh, and they said, Hey, we'd like to help bring this technology to the airline and logistics space and we're you know we were just talking before we got on here about i was really selling cameras to take pictures of things to identify defects to identify hey this box is crushed maybe don't ship it out to the customer right in baggage we were solving problems where you know you've got these bag tags it's really hard to read those with a barcode scanner we were selling cameras to improve the efficiency of bag systems and all that sort of stuff so i've been in in innovation you know, selling tech and innovation into these 
large organization. Some of my customers before I left that world were, you know, Amazon, United Airlines, Walmart, some of the largest customers in the world. So that's really where I spent most of my 20s was learning how to sell innovation in these, you know, emerging markets. And I was making a ton of money. But, you know, after the first four years, I was traveling uh, a city a week, pretty much. Then it turned to two cities a week <laughs> because United Airlines is not just based in Denver. They're all over the place. Amazon has distribution centers everywhere. Mm. So I got sick and tired of making all this money, but, you know, not being able to spend time with my my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And, you know, it's like, man, I just can't. This doesn't work. So I started buying real estate. And a lot of us get into real estate investing because we see it as a way to earn passive income, to build our wealth. And, you know, I grew up with a mom who was a real estate attorney. So I sort of had some background in that space a, a little bit, Just started buying rentals, figured out how to essentially collect enough rentals and passive income that I could, you know, cover most of my expenses. It allowed me to jump full time into entrepreneurship. And really, it was a result of COVID. COVID hit. And all of a sudden, you know, United Airlines was like, yeah, Paul, our innovation budget has pretty much dropped to zero. We're in like full panic mode. Um, so it was just perfect timing. I found myself into entrepreneurship, into running a, a real estate investing business. And that's sort of where I where I am today. And I can explain how, you know, I know I'm probably telling too long of a story here. No, give her through, through that process. In my first year in business in real estate, what I realized was my cash flow was lumpy, right? Mm -hmm. It was just all over the place. Some months we would do great, and then there'd be this massive drought for two months. And it's like, man, this sucks. And so when I found the wolf den, it was because I was attracted to the idea of being able to earn passive income and in the term that we're all familiar with by now, the business treasury. Mm -hmm. So by January of this year, which was about a year and a half into me being in entrepreneurship, I had created a business treasury that was kicking off enough cash flow for me to cover my operating costs. I mean, that is no joke. Like we were, yeah. you guys remember what it was like back in, uh, you know, when, Oh yeah. Uh, at that time before yeah. the market shifted, when we were earning just hand over fist, um, and that really just opened up my eyes to, holy cow, there's a completely other use for blockchain and crypto. It's not just gambling on meme mm -hmm. coins. I mean, I was I was a Floki guy, right? So I got into the, you know, I was in the gambling days of, of crypto. And that was an emotional roller coaster, as you guys know. Oh, yeah. So the Whale Club really started as like a direct result of me having a need in my business. I, I have cash flow problems, inconsistent cash flow. Yeah. Well, I created a business treasury that solved that problem. And then I said, there's a lot of real estate investors who probably have this same challenge. Um, and so what I did is I presented at a, at a uh, mastermind, I guess you could say, for real estate. Got so much interest at that point, I decided and I was like, you know what? Actually, what I did first is I was like, here's all the information, right? Here's the wolf den. Here's all the links. Literally, it's just, it took me like six months to really learn all this and <laughs> digest it all. But mm -hmm. here it is. What happened? Nobody did anything, right? Mm -hmm. It was like, uh, I don't know how to make use of any of this because there's a language barrier. The real estate investors don't understand these terms. They don't really know how to do this. It's foreign language. Mm -hmm. 
And, so it, and I don't have six months to go and learn it. <laughs> oh my God. As a business owner, <laughs> as an active business owner, I don't know how I made the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. in March, I took 10 investors through real estate investors, right? Through a process. And I basically taught them how to press the buttons, taught them about solvable problem, taught them about some of the things I was learning in the CCA at the time around the certainty, you know, all the principles and all these different things. And it took off, right? Real estate investors were able to come in, start earning this passive income. And there was this massive appetite for learning this emerging industry because no one was able to to explain it in a way that mm-hmm. they could understand. We talk about innovation versus information. Mm-hmm. Most people talk about blockchain and Web3 and DeFi and all this stuff. And they're saying words like liquidity pools and decentralized exchanges and night swap. And it's like, what are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. So I think that was really what I was able to be good at. And that's why I was so successful in sales for the 10 years before that, because I could explain innovation in a way. Mm. that people could actually understand it and make use of it. Mm. Yeah, that's I know I know what you mean when 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 you first get into this blockchain space it's not only a, a language barrier but there's like a complete paradigm shift I feel like in terms of just how at least it was for me like when I think about like how you're looking at just financial systems. So for instance, if you go to like a night swap, I remember like looking at APRs and thinking about it from the, the traditional finance, you know, the place of traditional finance where like if you were to buy a CD and the APR is this, it's like, well, it's actually based on token emissions. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? It's like, what's per block? What do you mean by that? So you have to almost like completely shift how you understand, you know, what's actually happening in the space, but you you are right. It's, it's definitely something that people can take advantage of in terms of building a treasury for their business and providing some stability because anybody who's in business, you know, we go through those ebbs and flows of cash flow and, and it's tough to be able to smooth that out, you know, depending on the industry you're in. I used to own a business that was very seasonal and special events. And it was like, you're either sprinting or you're walking. It felt like, um, one of the things that I do want to, to ask you about just a little bit more, cause I know that there are people that listen on this show who, um, you know, we talked about before the recording that this is a bigger web three space, right. That we're, we're speaking to. So for those people that are in web three, they might be interested in real estate, but maybe they're not as familiar with like, what are the real financial advantages to being in real estate? And there's probably people that are listening to to say, I've got a ton of money in crypto and I really need to figure out what the heck to do with it and where I can, where other places I can allocate it. And I think real estate is actually one of my, my macro beliefs for myself personally, you know, when I start, um, kind of de-risking or not so much de well, I guess in a way kind of de-risking, but just finding new places to allocate funds, you know, real estate's going to be the place I'm looking. So I would love for you, if you can just expand on some of the benefits from an investor standpoint on how real estate can provide wealth, you know, wealth appreciation and how it can help you close that gap to your solvable problem. And what's, what are the really benefits to it all? Great question. First of all, we call real estate old man assets. Why? Yeah. It's been around for hundreds of years. We're not talking about the crypto market. Crypto has been around for 15 years at best. Mm-hmm. Okay. Massive upside. We, we're all familiar with the barbell. Um, for those who aren't, you want to have reliability on one side and you want to have upside on the other. We're talking about the reliability side of the barbell when we talk about real estate. 
I, um, so let's talk about the reasons why investors buy real estate. And I'm going to go to my handy dandy whiteboard because you know, I like to write things. Mm. So I say four wealth drivers. So first appreciation. So like we buy real estate and over the last 30 years, 50 years, 100 years, generally it moves up and to the right, right? And and we know that there's volatile points in that. I mean, the 08 crash, but generally we all understand. And if you live in a house, which most of us do, you probably recognize your prices have gone up in the last couple of years. I mean, anytime inflation continues to be a problem, it's going to benefit physical assets, especially real estate. So yeah, we got appreciation. Depreciation. So think of this as like tax. I'm going to just call it tax. So one of the best things about real estate is that everybody needs a place to live. And the government, the U.S. government does not want to deal with that. They don't want to control the housing. Yeah. They don't want to own the housing. We, you know, I could describe examples in the past where that's failed, but the government does not want to be in charge of, of owning housing. So what they do is they give incentives to people that own real estate. And they say, if you own this real estate, because we don't want to do it, we'll give you some tax advantages. So I don't really want to get into the specifics on that, but assume it to say, if you own a million dollar property, the government lets you write off just by owning it, a, a, a percentage, actually it's over 27 years, you can depreciate a single family, a residential property, right? So if I've got a million dollars, you know, uh, property, Right, mm-hmm. you divide that by twenty-seven. You can deduct that from your taxes each and every year. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, when we talk about the folks who rode guard up and and didn't sell it, didn't take profits because they're worried about the tax. I was. That was me. I was yeah. worried about the tax implication of that. And not only that, but like, where am I going to put it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I take it out. I'm not just going to stick it in cash. It's just getting eaten away by the rats. Mm-hmm. I don't want yeah. that. So like what what real estate does is it allows you to depreciate the assets that you buy, which directly comes off the profit you make in crypto. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a highly profitable business or investment strategy, real estate offers advantages unlike any asset class that exists. You can write off by, by buying a property that's going to appreciate, and I'll touch on the other two wealth drivers here, like it's it's a double it's a double whammy like you're getting the appreciate it's a it's a four whammy right so let's go to the other let's go the other so we got depreciation that's probably the biggest one for any crypto investors out there Mm. like you're going to get depreciation number three is loan pay down so we don't buy these houses in cash we buy them with government-backed debt why do we like the debt because we stick a renter in it and someone pays that down over time. Mm-hmm. So you got a million dollar property and you put $200,000 down, got $800,000 in it, but you stick a tenant in it. They're paying that loan down. Mm. 
right? They're paying yeah. that down and that's equity. So like equity, your equity is increasing every single month just by the loan getting paid down by somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're also getting the appreciation. You're also getting the tax benefits to write it off. And number four, maybe it should be number one. I don't know. It's cash flow. <laughs> and we're not talking about 70% base case stuff. <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about like 7 to 10% cash flow. And so what happens though, is you talk to a, a crypto investor and they're like, yeah, but I don't, seven to 10%, like, blah, like I'm not interested in that. And I'm like, you aren't seeing the, you aren't seeing the entire picture here because we're just describing cash flow. The reason why 90% of millionaires own real estate and why real estate is such a massive wealth driver is because of all of these things in totality. The house mm-hmm. is going to go up in time. You're going to get to write it off. You're going to get your loan paid down. Oh, and you're making that 7, 10% cash flow. These right here aren't exactly predictable. This one kind of is. This one kind of is. You know, this is cherry on top. Yeah. Right. Appreciation is cherry on top. We're not, we don't buy a house counting on the fact that it's going to go up in value. We buy it because it's going to cash flow. As long as it cash flows, we get the other benefits as a byproduct of that. That does not exist in any, I, I'm not aware. There's a few other, like, like for example, um, like infinite banking policies and different things like this that have similar properties. But as an investor, what I'm doing is I'm looking at all of these options that are in front of us and saying, well. Least risk, what, least effort, most options. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's why the certainty operating system is so freaking powerful. Oh, it um, is so powerful. Um, yeah, we'll we'll maybe touch on that before this uh, conversation's done. But uh, yeah, I don't want to stop your roll and just keep uh, keep going there, Paul. That's it, man. That's that's the reason why we own real estate. It's not that. It's not like um, this isn't rocket science. Yeah, you know what I mean. But you and, know what? But- I'd like to touch on. You know, unless you've been told that. Sometimes real estate just seems so scary to like, oh, what do you mean? I'm investing this money and it's going to crash in 08 and I'm I'm going to lose my house. And, you know, like, so sometimes people, if they're not in the right circles or not talking to the right people, real estate can be a scary opportunity or a scary investment when, you know, when the way you're talking about it, it seems like, oh, well, why aren't I putting my money in this safe asset? <laughs> you know? Well, so let's describe the two types of investing that you could do. So active versus passive. So most people aren't interested in fixing toilets in the middle of the night and dealing with tenants and like evicting people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is the reality of doing active real estate. Now, a lot of people out there will tell you like, oh, owning rental properties is passive. Mm. Uh, bullshit, it's passive. <laughs> If you've ever gotten called in the middle of the night by a tenant who's like, hey, my toilet's not working, you'll realize quickly that that's not exactly passive. Now, there's certain things that you can do with like property managers and, you know, you could just be a slumlord. You you (laughs) could do that. (laughs) 
have a, I, have a do I have a friend that was a slum lord. <laughs> nah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's for me. Anyway, continue. This is great. You have to have a low <laughs> uh empathy score to be uh <laughs> to be good yeah. at that. Um that's right. so like you know, I most of my real estate I would argue is passive or is active. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a level of how much involvement you need to have. Sometimes it's only a couple hours a month or or no hours a month, right? I fill a tenant in a great rental and I don't hear from them for six months or a year. But it's active to find that deal. It's active to get the tenant in there. And most of us, like you said, are, are running businesses or especially in the crypto world, don't have the resources or the knowledge base to actually execute on these types of properties. Mm-hmm. So we're describing other things like rentals fix and flips developments right these are sort of the active types of investing developments you could buy commercial right and this is like you're going to actually buy it you're going to go out and buy it somebody's got to source that i always say there's three sides to every real estate deal somebody's got to find the deal source the deal Somebody's got to fund the deal, who's bringing the cash, and then Mm -hmm. somebody's got to operate it and manage it. So if you can connect those three sides, you got a winner, Mm -hmm. Mm. right? Yeah. So let's describe the passive side because most folks here are are like, that's why they're not investing in real estate because they're like, I don't want to actively invest in real estate. Yeah. just want the four benefits that you're telling me there. (laughs) So you got can sourcing. I, can I have all the upside with no work, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that too. So this is my deal triangle. So you got sourcing. Who's going to find the deal? Mm-hmm. Who's going to fund the deal? And who's going to operate it and manage it? So when you're talking active, you're doing all three of these things. When we're talking passive, we just want to live right here in the funding world. Mm-hmm. How do I put some money in? And get those four benefits that you just described there. Mm-hmm. So the the instruments we use to do that are what we call funds and syndications. Now, a fund is where you would, you know, let's say we got a bunch of folks and, you know, we raise a bunch of money. And I'm like, here's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a bunch of single families in the Midwest. And this fund is going to kick off all those four wealth drivers I gave there. And as an investor into that fund, I put my money in. The operator finds the deal. Remember, we got the deal triangle. Mm -hmm. So they source it. They operate it. The funding comes from raising money from the fund. And then this operator goes out, the value they add is that they're going to source the deals and they're going to operate it. You don't have to do anything, but just give me give them their money, right? And it comes with certain returns, right? And, and it's every fund has a kind of different flavor for what you're looking for. Some are better than others. Some are more based on equity. Some are more based on cash flow. Some are, you know, you get the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a fund is we're going out and we're going to buy an, un, like, I don't know the property we're going to buy. We're going to buy a bunch of them, stick them in this portfolio. A syndication is where we would we would raise money to buy one specific asset. 
So we've got a $10 million multifamily unit in Houston, Texas that we want to buy, let's say. So we might raise the 10 million or maybe we just raise the the debt or maybe it's the equity, right? So we're getting into more kind of technical terms. We call it the capital stack, right? So let's say that this portion is debt this is equity, right? So we might mm -hmm. just be raising this or we might be raising the debt. But the point is, is in a syndication, you're buying one individual property and, and it's the same deal triangle, mm -hmm. funding, sourcing, operations. So for passive investors in crypto, what you're looking for is somebody that operates a fund or a syndication hmm. so that you can put yeah. your money in and not do anything. Now, there's if, there, if you know, we're going to certainly be teaching people in the whale club that have wolf pup entities. I'm sure we'll get to this in a bit about both the active and the passive side, because I think what we're finding is like some people want to be active in real estate. Totally mm -hmm. cool. I'm active in real estate. Just recognize it's it's not passive, right? Passive is identifying the strong operators that have the single family rental funds. They've got the short term rental funds. They've got multifamily funds, commercial, industrial type funds. And this is really what we're focusing on in the Whale Club is bringing these operators and these educators into our world because if we can shorten the gap between the crypto market who's saying, well, I would love to invest in real estate, but I don't know anybody who runs a fund. I don't know anybody who runs a syndication. And how? And on top of that, how do I know if it's a good deal or not? How do mm -hmm. I know to trust these people? Or should I just go out and start buying a bunch of my own rentals? But then it's like, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to fix toilets. <laughs> yeah. This is the this is the problem that exists is there's not a bridge between these two worlds. Mm -hmm. This is essentially what we're attempting to solve with the whale club by bringing folks like yourself who have all this crypto experience and probably sitting on a lot of capital in crypto and don't have a, a way to downshift and lock in, like we were saying, lock in that financial certainty because crypto represents massive upside. I certainly would not consider anything in crypto reliable mm -hmm. because it's just so new. The, the The reality is it's been around for 15 years. Doesn't mean I don't I don't have a, a long-term belief in it. It's just like, well, let's just call it like it is. Real estate's been around for hundreds of years. Crypto's been around for 15. What, what bet would you rather take? I'll take the real estate, please. Yeah, like I heard a comment the other day. Uh, I think it was even from Nick. He said, you know, you don't got to create more upside in crypto. You just got to you just got to mitigate the risk and not get wrecked before the upside happens. <laughs> and all you got to mm -hmm. do is just wait. So, you know, to hear about these other options and what you're doing, I think like back when you were first starting to tell your story, you were getting to the part where you were like creating these cohorts and, and educating these other real estate investors. So let's just jump back there for a second and pick back up to where the whale club came into existence kind of thing. Sure. So before, so I partnered with, how do I explain this? So I did this myself for the first two cohorts. And it was like, here's how to press the buttons. Basically, I'm just reading off medium articles that the Wolf Den published. Mm -hmm. And here's a bunch of the cool stuff I'm learning in the certainty operating system. Um, and, and it was, and it was great, but what really 
brought a lot of momentum is by partnering with Nick and Dan, being able to actually leverage the certainty operating system as it was intended, saying it exactly how it was intended, teaching it that way. Um, and real estate investors took to that really quickly because the the perception, whether it's true or not, the perception is reality, right? The perception in the in the real estate market is that crypto is gambling. It's risky. I'm not a tech person, so I'm never going to understand this. I don't have enough time to learn and understand this in my business, right? These are some mm -hmm. of the false beliefs, you could say, that, that real estate investors have. And so if you come out the gate, start talking to them about how to press buttons and how to you know, buy coins and all this stuff, immediately you're triggering in their brain like risk, gambling. I don't really want that. That's not my thing. You know, they're on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. They're in, you know, and again, you talk to real estate investors, they think that they're high risk. And I'm like, wait till you meet the crypto guys. <laughs> <laughs> because 100%. you are not high risk. You just think that you are relative yeah. to the, the the sandbox you're playing in. Your yeah. risk tolerance is totally a thing, man. I didn't right. know where mine was. And I've tested it a few times and realized like when to pull back and when to add more. <laughs> it's been a fun adventure for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, we got that early adoption phase too that we're in. You know, you're talking about all the upside and... And, you know, when I would talk about crypto just in the general public, I realized that there was this sentiment around it, like you said, risk and it's gambling. And it's like, oh, wait, people don't really understand what's even going on right now. So here comes all the scrutiny. And mm -hmm. until it gets to that place where, you know, there's been mass adoption, diffusion of innovation, um, you know, you're going to have a lot of that misunderstanding that you're going to see. So it makes sense to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that when so, you start using the right language and, and creating that bridge across the knowledge chasm from, you know, one group to the next, like, so it was a good thing that you've been in that industry and, and, and releasing like innovation. So you kind of know how to bridge that gap, but I can just see light bulbs just going off in the room once you start using the right language. You have to describe stories and analogies and metaphors. And so that is what really creates the, the, the movement of the real estate investor that they can actually now hear what you're saying because mm. you're, not, mm. you're not using words that they don't understand. It's kind of like if you went to a dictionary and they're you know, giving you the definition of something, but they're using a whole bunch of other words that you still don't understand. It's like, well, block, you know, so people, for example, I make this point all the time, like, you know, Nick says, valid versus useful mm -hmm. so here's a bunch of valid stuff about blockchain it's an immutable ledger it's completely public and the second you say the word immutable they're like i didn't hear anything you said after that because <laughs> i don't know what that word means <laughs> and also i don't understand how that's relevant mm -hmm. so what we do is we tell stories so one of the, the best stories that i like is the carfax story so i explain to people well look what carfax did they were able to take all the information that happens to a car and tra track it directly with the car. So when you buy a, a car, the first thing you say is show me the Carfax. And you can see everything that's happened to that car through the life of the car. Mm -hmm. That's essentially a form of blockchain. Imagine if we could do that with properties and that every single time you bought and sold a house and you got an inspection and the roof got changed 
and you change the water heater and all this type of stuff, it was recorded on a blockchain that was transferred with that house. And then you start to see like, oh, I get it. Another story that really hits home is you explain to people, imagine if the way you invested in real estate was like going out and buying a house, not putting a tenant in it, not doing any work to fix it up, just buying it and holding it for two years and hoping that it goes up in value. Because that's how people trade crypto right now. Mm -hmm. What yeah. we're teaching people how to do is how to buy a house, how to stick a tenant in it. So you're cash flowing. You're going to do a little repair to it to fix it up a little bit. So you add some value to the property. You stick a tenant in it and you hold it. You don't sell it. We're describing a rental strategy. And people were like, oh, I get rentals and I get why I would not do that. And it's like, well, that's what that's what a decentralized exchange does. It allows you to own the asset and benefit from the cash flow from it. So what I've had to realize is that although that may not be technically correct, because crypto people really like to get hung up on, yeah, but that's not technically correct. <laughs> and I'm like, you're missing the point. Yeah. We're just trying to create a basic level of understanding to to this entire market that doesn't understand any technical stuff. They need ideas, hardwired, pre-wired ideas they can connect with. And whether it's technically correct or not is completely irrelevant. You don't mm. need to know how electricity works to use a light switch. I want right. to I want to jump into uh, the kind of the bridge here between because I, I was watching one of your videos. I think it was with Ben and it was with Ben, Ben Frank. And yep. you did a really good job of, of, of explaining. There's like this process where you're going from crypto into real estate and real estate back into crypto and in ways that you can almost, I guess, bridge it together. And if I forgive me, because my mind's a little bit foggy right now around some of the concepts you were talking about, I'd love for you to expand on it. But, you know, is crypto and blockchain, is there examples that you could share of what could be potentially be like a use case that creates more efficiency in terms of how you can move crypto investments into real estate without too many steps involved yeah. in the process and things, things to that nature? Yeah. And so we've been, we've absolutely been building this entire conversation to this right here. <laughs> right. So understanding, first of all, why you should invest in real estate, mm -hmm. but then making it so that let's describe how either of you two, let's say, if you wanted to invest in real estate or anybody who's got crypto that wants to use that money to pay for real estate, how will they do it now? Well, you've got guard or you've got whatever you, you know, you own. I own a bunch of guard. So, First option is you could sell your guard. We don't want to do that. Second option is you could borrow against the guard. But then you got to move it back out of the out of the liquidity pool and then into your MetaMask and then into Binance. And then you got to move it back to your bank account. So how many steps is that? Four? Mm -hmm. Then you got to wire it to my bank account. And then I'm going to take it and put it in the fund. That fund's going to kick off cash flow. We're at like six or seven at this point. Mm -hmm. And then the cash flow has got to come back to my bank account, back to your bank account, back to Binance, back to MetaMask, back into the liquidity pool. And again, what do crypto investors say? They're just like, no, thank you. I will just keep my guard. That sounds like way too much work. And it is. Yeah. That's the problem. It's way too much work. I'm not going to do all that 
because the risk is like uh it's just the the it's really about in my mind the they don't quite understand why it's got value mm -hmm. so they're just not going to do it so what we need to do is we need to shorten that gap mm -hmm. so imagine these funds instead of having to have fiat and dollars which i can buy into the fund so you've got a fund operator right so let's say i'm a fund operator and you you know i've got this amazing portfolio of assets that i hold and those assets kick off all those four wealth drivers that we described there and if again if you want to give it to me i need cash right now i need you to do all those things you got to get me the cash otherwise i can't put it in what we're trying to do is something we call real estate tokenization so hmm. in the same way you can buy stock in a company and you can you know crowdfunding this already exists right this already exists people are already investing in funds with fiat all we're doing is saying, instead of you doing all those steps, just buy this coin. Oh, and that coin is pegged to this fund. So it gets all the same benefits. It's just represented digitally mm -hmm. as opposed to an allocation that you get a whole bunch of like emails about, right? It's like, to me, it's, it's just going from physical to digital. We can account for all this stuff actually a hell of a lot easier with blockchain. I mean, you guys know the benefits of blockchain. I don't need to describe that to you. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to account for this and manage the transactions through blockchain. And we're solving a major challenge for those in the crypto world, which is like, I don't, I don't know how to downshift and the market's going to recover, right? The market's going to rip again. So what are we doing now to be able to capture that in the future? Not only does this benefit real estate investors, because we're able to now open up a completely untapped market. Like there's a trillion dollars in the crypto market. And there's two, there's what, what does Nick say? 20,000 coins that exist. Mm. I mean, most of them are just trash. Yeah. And so what do, what do crypto investors downshift into now? Well, guard probably if you're in the wolf den. Or Bitcoin and ETH, large caps, basically. All we're trying to do is provide more optionality on the reliable side of the barbell. Buy your guard, downshift into guard, downshift into Bitcoin and ETH. But oh, by the way, here's some other options as well. You can, you can downshift into a single family rental fund. It does not get more reliable than that. Mm. It doesn't. People yeah. always need a place to live. Mm -hmm. There's always yeah. going to be a need for that. $1,500 a month rental. I don't care what happens in the world. Wars, you know, uh, uh, down markets. People always need a place to live. And so if we can, if we can attract these, some of the best operators in the country, you know, Steve Trang and I, who's my partner in this business, we're connected with some of the best operators in the country. If we can educate them on the opportunity that exists, if we can take and tokenize the assets that they have, they already have them. We have the technology partners to do it. It's literally like our fingers on the trigger right now. We could mm -hmm. do this today. The question is, will the crypto market actually buy these tokens if we make mm -hmm. them? Yeah. I and, think with education, we think they will. We just got to educate them on why right. they should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, just a quick question that popped up and... So would the token be like, 
you know, if I was to research a property, like, do I want to get into a single asset? Do I want to get into commercial? Do I want to get into a, like a, a syndicated fund of like one property? Like, and this might be more than we're able to talk about, but would I be able to kind of do my own research into like those specific real estate properties or does it really matter? Like to a certain extent, like I just need to know, like how, how into the weeds of um, learning the real estate do I need to know to invest in that token? You know what I mean? That's a, that's a very good question. I would say, so we talked about funds versus syndications. Mm-hmm. Um, a fund, in my opinion, has, uh, there's more properties in that fund. So the risk of any one particular property is is reduced significantly. You're looking mm-hmm. at the entire portfolio. This is why people like mutual funds, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a it's a collection of a bunch of different things. So if you know if Kansas City's market struggles, it's like it's okay because we got a bunch of properties in St. Louis as well, right. and we got a bunch of properties in Wichita. Like I don't know. Oh, so so these funds and syndications, they're already happening in the real world in real estate. Like they're they're already happening. You just need to I, you just need to get that bridged over to where us crypto people understand what what we're investing in. So for example, a typical single family rental fund would have uh, you know, you would get a, a benefit. Again, I don't want to get too technical in this yeah, conversation, yeah. but you get a benefit from appreciation if the portfolio value rises. You benefit from that. You benefit from the tax just by mm-hmm. buying a token pegged to a single family rental fund. You just got a bunch of tax advantages mm-hmm. and write that off. Um, that was going to be one of my questions was like how the tax benefit was going to work when if you buy the thing. token. Okay, gotcha. Whether you yeah. invest in a fund, a syndication or a single family rental that you buy, you still get oh. the benefits. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. So the question really is you're you're actually now evaluating the operator in most cases, right? Mm. So the question is, is like, okay, well, how long has this guy been in business, guy or girl? What type of returns have they produced over the last two, three, four years? So really what you're just, what I'm, what we're attempting to do is to educate the crypto market on a couple things. Here's how you could actively invest. If you want to do this stuff yourself, we all do that. Here's how we've done it. But also here are all the different fund operators and they're all in the whale club. First of all, you want to meet them, show up to the next event. You want to meet the guys who are actually investing your money, show up to the event. Yeah. And show up to the calls because they're going to be talking about their products and the benefits of investing in this versus the other. And it's not all or nothing. You want to own into an industrial fund in the, in the Northeast And you want to own some short-term rentals. So you might invest in that particular fund operator's fund. And you want single-family rentals and multifamily and a development project because you're like, that one's got a lot of upside. So it's, I mean, there's no difference in my mind with the way that we evaluate coins. Like, Mm -hmm. why should I invest in this coin versus this coin? Well, (laughs) let's do some research on it. So yes, it's the same exact thing. Why would someone invest in stock, one stock or the other? There's some research that needs to go into that. So yeah, we will absolutely be, you know, this is the marketplace we're trying to create. We're trying to teach real estate investors that there's a whole market over here. You're not touching. 
there's a trillion dollars and it's probably going to grow to 10 trillion at a certain point in the future. I don't know how long that's going to take, but I'm bullish on the crypto market long term continuing mm -hmm. to grow. Where else do we have a market like that that we can pull capital from that's growing at that rate? I don't know of any. Mm -hmm. yeah. And secondly, the crypto people have a massive problem. I and mean, I'm talking like some of my buddies, one of the guys in the, in Direwolf, he was a close friend of mine that got me into this. I won't use him by name. He had something like $50,000. He turned into like $40 million. And it's like, Tom, I just use him by name. You are going to be crushed by taxes, <laughs> right? That's really the problem that we're solving here. Yeah. How do you offset those taxes? How do you lock in financial security, take some of that off the table, and grow your, your stable base? And the tokenization of it makes it more efficient to go through that process of, of accessing the benefits that you're describing, right? So um, I think this is a good segue. Kind of, We're kind of getting to the last piece of here of the podcast, and, and I want to make sure we cover the Whale Club. And I think this is a great segue into the Whale Club because the way I understand it, the way you're speaking, um, it sounds like this is kind of the place where you can get that education yeah. and also the proximity to the people who are the operators, the funds, where you can, you know, do that research to be able to understand what are they thinking? How are they thinking about this stuff? So if you want to, you know, I love the the term you use downshift, you know, into, into real estate from crypto, you have that fundamental understanding. So would you mind like diving into the well club? Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, what kind of an experience somebody can expect by being part of the well club? So whether you're in crypto or real estate, it doesn't matter. The same thing is happening. We bring 10 to 15 investors in through a cohort. And this is basically certainty that we teach over seven weeks. Okay. Uh, we're teaching the four wealth commandments. Most of these classes are taught by Nick, Dan, and myself, right? So it's a it's a version of the CCA. So if, if, if the CCA was like, I mean, it's like 45 grand. I mean, I, I went through it. It's an amazing program. If you've got the capital to do that, you should absolutely do it. Not everyone has 22 weeks and two hours a day each class to, to do that or the, the capital to invest. So if you want CCA light, that's taught by Dan, Nick, and myself, that's what we teach. That's the onboarding process. We also teach real estate investors how to press the buttons how to get into MetaMask. I mean, these are terms they have no idea what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to teach all that. That's a lot of what the Wolf Den did for all of us when we first came in. Like they taught mm -hmm. us how to do it, okay? That's all free. That's free for anybody. All the button pressing, all that sort of crypto stuff, that's that's free. Um, and so most of my focus so far has been pulling the real estate crowd into the crypto sandbox right let's teach them how to do this let's teach them first of all how to think about it so they don't wreck themselves chasing more and more and more mm -hmm. right we know the danger of that of kind of mm -hmm. it's like giving a kid a blowtorch it's like man you that's it's dangerous let's be careful now um and so once once these real estate investors come through and get educated on all this stuff on the certainty operating system we teach them how to press the buttons, and then we start having higher-level conversations around how do we actually create real-world things, which comes back to the real estate tokenization. There's plenty of other things that we're working on, but the main focus right now is how do we actually solve this first problem, which is 
crypto people have no way to buy real estate mm -hmm. without going through that massive cycle that we talked about earlier. Um, why this is advantageous for crypto people is because you can come into the whale club with an, a wolf pup NFT absolutely for free and get all the, so most of the folks that we're bringing in from real estate, they have education products that they already teach. Like they literally have these products, the education and the actual real estate, right? So why would you buy a wolf tup pup NFT and join the, the pack for the whale club? Because you're going to get a ton of free information about how to invest in real estate, hmm. like from some of the top real estate investors in the country. Why would you join the whale club as an investor and actually, so we have a couple different tiers in the whale club. So similar to how the wolf den did, we mm -hmm. have dolphin, we have shark, and then we have the whales, right? So the whales are the folks who have gone through the cohort and we're having, we're putting a lot of resources to actually help them create these real world things. And so what I'm hoping is that some of the crypto people will come in, they'll take all this free information and then they'll say, man, this is really interesting. I'd love to meet some of the top real estate investors in the country and start networking and collaborating with them because I want to invest in real estate. So I would say if you're looking for information, free information and to be educated, that's all free. Like join our Discord, please. We want you in there. If you want to actually commune with these people, meet them, and I can't, you know, I can't tell you the benefit it has for me to know these people in my investing career for my own wealth. Like to know some of the strongest real estate operators in the country is extremely valuable in and of itself. Yeah. Right. So that would be why someone might join the whale club and pay to actually join our cohort because they want to get the CCA, you know, training. They want to meet some of these operators and they want to get involved and be part of actually bridging these two worlds. Right. Because we need feedback from the crypto market too. If we make this, you know, we say all the time, like we don't want to build the ark and then nobody gets on it, mm -hmm. you know? So how do we, how do we have some direct feedback with the other side of the fence here? And that's where folks like you guys come in, you know, being on your podcast is such a great, you know, opportunity for me to share my message with the other wolf pup holders. It's like, just come in and get all the free information. We're going to publish tons of free education on real estate investing. If it turns out that you're like, Hey, I really like this. And I think I'd like to, and start investing in real estate. Well, we got an entire group of, it's like 75 of the top real estate investors in the country. And we're adding about 10 to 15 every month or two. Yeah. Wow. That's this is so incredible. this is so exciting, Paul. I'm I'm looking forward to this and seeing yeah. you guys grow and develop this into who knows what. Like you know, and it's just like the Wolf Den started a year ago, and what they initially thought it would be has transitioned and grown and and keep moving forward. I can just see this happening with the Whale Club, and and what um what is possible is is very exciting. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited as well. And and I appreciate you coming on here and sharing, you know, both the the sides of of real estate investing and and you know, I've I've listened to what was it, the Bigger Pockets podcast. I used to listen to that on real estate investing. And I'll say like the way that you broke it down, you know, has is been one of the the how I was able to interpret just the way that you explain real estate has been one of the most helpful explanations for somebody who's not in the business, somebody who's not in the space. 
Um, you know, I'm in crypto. I, I understand what goes on in real estate to a degree, but like to actually really truly understand how you can build your wealth and and get closer to the things you want, right? Salt, close that gap between where you're at today and where you want to be um, and using real estate as a tool to help you do that. So um, it's been a, it's been a real pleasure, Paul, having you on the podcast. And if anybody wants to connect with you, um, what, what would be the best place for people to get connected with you? So I am turning into a social media guy now because apparently <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I have to, in order for people to find me. Um, so you can find me on uh, Instagram, Paul Sparks official. Uh, you can check out our website, blockchainwills.com. We're putting out these master classes. Like you said, most of the folks here are Wolf Den people. So, you know, if you guys want to hear how we're interpreting the information we learn from Wolf Den, I mean, I owe so much of of all this success to Nick, Dan, and all the things that I've learned in the Wolf Den, the community of people there have been so helpful for me. I want to do everything I can to give back to that community. So we're just going to give everything away for free, right? The reason why you would want to join our community is because you see value in being involved in the massive like innovation that's taking place. And you want to meet some of the top real estate investors in the country. You might also want to get exposure to the certainty operating system and you got priced out of the CCA. This one's being taught by Nick and Dan, just in a more condensed version. Mm. Love it. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely make sure link, link stuff up in the show notes for to the discord for the whale club. So people can join and, um, and your, your new coming, uh, social media presence as well. So congratulations. Welcome to <laughs> welcome back to the world of noise. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm back, man. And back when I was selling to Amazon and Walmart, it was, uh, you know, in United Airlines, it's like they don't look on your Instagram page to decide whether they're going to do business with you. So I didn't need it. Um, yeah. Now I now I need it because people need to know who I am and what I'm all about. So I'm going to put it all on my wear it all on my sleeve. So, oh, well, I can see us having you back on like let us. Well, I'm definitely going to get a little bit more involved because I'm interested and I'll keep an eye on it. And next time, next big step and the next big turning point, we'll have you back on to explain more because it's just been so many light bulbs, like Jake said, in this, just this small little conversation we had have, has already like flipped the switch for me a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm going to be diving in, Paul. This is, this is very good. Thank you for coming. Fantastic. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Dwayne. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'd love to come back and share progress with you when we have, when we have a little bit more to share. You've been listening to Wolfish on Web3. We hope you enjoyed the show. For real-time updates and news on crypto, NFTs, and mission-driven projects making waves in the Web3 space, follow us on Twitter at Wolfish on Web3. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. And always remember to stay wolfish.